0: Welcome to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. In this podcast, we interview researchers who are finding and telling the stories of individual World War II fallen heroes. Welcome today. I have the opportunity to be with Jenna Rapsow. Jenna, will you take a second and introduce yourself?
1: Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me today. I homeschool my three kids. And um, last summer, a member of of the homeschool groups that I'm in um, shared the stories behind the star website with us and went online and checked it out and it looked like it would be a good fit for me as far as volunteering goes. Um, I love history and I love research and my grandfather um, is a World War II or was a World War II veteran and my husband is a veteran of um, Afghanistan and Iraq. So um, I kind of felt like this was a good way to express my gratitude for their service. And writing the stories of the World War II fallen seemed like a good way to do that.
0: So how did you jump into then running the database? So for our listeners, Jenna ran our database uh, for, or co-ran our database for our our D-Day project. So what what made you think, oh, I wanna jump in and run this? (laughs) <laughs>
1: um, so I really enjoyed writing the stories, but I wanted to, um, find a way that I can maybe get a little bit more involved. Um, I wanted to have that experience into, it's not something I've ever done before. I've never really worked with databases before, um, which is kind of why I'm glad that Don made me Emily's assistant and not the person in charge of the database. Um. But it's just something it's just it was a challenge that I wanted to take on and something um that I wanted to try.
0: So it's encouraging because I feel like sometimes people think, Oh, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I should try, you know. And it's so it's nice. Like I had no experience doing anything like this and no. <laughs> just did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah, I knew like the basics of how like spreadsheets works <laughs> worked and stuff, but you know beyond that, like I never really i've I've worked with volunteers before and and that kind of thing, but as far as that actual database goes, no, that was the first time
0: that I'd ever worked
1: with that before.
0: That's amazing. A lot of I, I sometimes am daunted by some. Com- computer aspects and I think that's just uh, speaks to your character like let's just jump in and do this so Um, thank you (laughs) so what what would you say as you were managing the database that you really walked away with um, feeling or understanding about D-Day specifically like did do you feel like as you were managing the database that your perspective or Your feelings or anything like that changed through this process? Just
1: through the, even from the very beginning, when I started writing stories, I learned so much about World War II um, that I didn't know before. Um, Military terminology, like all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, But what I think I really took away from the D-Day project was just how, um, just how, how much courage these men had. And, um, you know, they were so young and, you know, they were told before D-Day that there was a 50% chance that they were going to die. They they took that risk and they, and they did, you know, my husband says too, like when he was in the military, you do a lot of things um, for the people around you, for the other men, for the other soldiers, for the other sailors, you know, to support them and to help them and I and you could see that they did that for each other too on D-Day you know so it was really it was really special and it was um changed my perspective on you know like I, I said this at our zoom meeting but you know it's it kind of humanizes the, this big historical event that you know you don't always think about all the stories um and all the individuals that, that they had moms and they had. Um, Some of them had wives and some of them had kids. And you really, um, it gives you like a much deeper appreciation for what they did.
0: I really like that inside of it it humanizes history, which what is history, but human story, right? Exactly, yeah. And so it's, it's just a really provocative way to look at the past instead of being like an event. It's like, it's a human story. Right. really love that perspective. So, do you have um some of those stories to share with us that you'd like to share with us today?
1: Yes. So, um so I chose some stories that um some of our D-Day writers wrote that I felt were really interesting and meaningful to me. Um so one of the stories was about um, a man his name was Sergeant Roland Ellers and um I actually, my family and I went to the National um, World War II Museum in New Orleans um, a few weeks ago. And when we were walking through the D-Day exhibit, they had his service cap on display. When we came home, I looked up his story and it was a really interesting story. Um, Him and his brother Walter, his um, younger brother Walter, enlisted at the same time. Um, And they were in the same unit and they were deployed to North Africa. They fought through North Africa and Sicily, and then they were sent to England to train for D-Day together. Um, And once they were in England, they were separated. They were put into different units. Um, And in the story, it says that um, they promised each other that they would meet up on the beach, which of course was impossible. You know, um, with all the chaos, they did not meet up on the beach. Um, Roland's platoon sergeant told Walter that his brother was missing in action. Um, and then Walter continued to fight through Normandy and he actually received the medal of honor for his actions. And then about a month after D-Day, Walter found out that um, Roland had been killed um, at Omaha Beach. So, and one of the things I liked um, in the story too, like there's a quote from Walter where he says, Roland and I were good buddies. He was always kind of looking out for me. He was my hero. And so I thought that that was really you know, special that he was able to find that quote. To include in his story.
0: And do you know who wrote that story?
1: So that's so Troy Burnett wrote that story. And then um, there was actually more than one. And there was another writer, Lou Ann Greenwell, who wrote a story, who posted a story about him as well. Um, you know, sometimes there was a little overlap where, where more than one writer would write about same person but Don put it really well when he said it was kind of like you know you think of it like flowers on a grave you know it was okay to have one more than one you know so more than one story per per, for a name
0: I really like that story and I think it's also cool that like you saw something that was his it's kind of surreal but right
1: that 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 made it really special too yeah like because you know and it was interesting because there wasn't a whole lot of um Artifacts in the D-Day section, like personal artifacts. That was one of the few that they had. Um, So I thought that was really cool that we got to see that. Another story, I thought it was cool because the author of the story, the writer, his name is Brian Fussfield and he's from Colorado also. That's where my family and I live. Um, Wrote a story about a private Philip Germer that has some information about Philip's personality. Um, he was able to find um some he was able to find a story that had been written on another site. Um, and that person would, had interviewed some of Philip's family members and also some of his buddies that he was with in his unit. Um so one of the things he wrote was that Philip had a wonderful sense of humor and a sharp smile. He was smooth with his words and full of charisma. It also says that Philip became known for his dancing skills, particularly the jitterbug. So I thought that that was really cool that he he was able to find um, some information about him, like who he was and and what he was like. Um, and so he, he was a paratrooper and he was actually um, killed on D-Day. He was shot as he descended into France. Um, but I just um, thought that
0: that was cool that they
1: had that that he was able to include that in the story.
0: I think someday when we have the app out and someone can go by and be like, Hey, he loved, he was really good at the jitterbug. I think it's just so, it's so interesting. And it's adds a level of dynamics to just be, you know, going through a cemetery and all of a sudden, you know, it's just not a name. It's like a man who had a great smile and loved the jitterbug. You know, like that's really awesome.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it was cool too, because, um, so like I said, we live in Colorado and on Memorial Day, we visited the Colorado Freedom Memorial, which is um, down in a town near um, an Air Force base, near where we live. Um, And we were able to find um, Philip's name on the wall. They have all of the names um, of all of the Colorado fallen from every war. Um, And then we were able to place a rose at the wall for him which was really um, touching and kind of cool for my kids too, to be able to do that.
0: I love that. um, Sharing that with your children, because I find myself like when I do these podcasts and I'll, I'll share these stories with my kids and I'll I'll say, yeah, this story is so cool. And, and here's why. And they start to put a picture together of really understanding the history And like understanding what happened for them more so than if I just like, oh yeah, they're, you know, told them about certain things that happened, right. They just really connect to that personal story. So love that you're, you know, taking your kids out to there and and sharing these stories with them is is so cool.
1: Um, When we went to the Colorado Freedom Memorial that day too, there was, it was actually a Holocaust survivor that was speaking um, at the memorial. And so that I thought was amazing for them to be able to hear too. He was in, from 1939 to 1945, from when he was 10 to 16, he was in either the ghetto or in a camp. Um, And it was just uh, really amazing, you know, because people who lived during that time are not gonna be around for much longer and hear about what things were like for him. Um, So it it was pretty, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's something they're not going to forget. Right. Do you have another story you want to share with us?
1: Yes. So another story is Frank Elliott, and his story was written by Gary Smith. He was from Pennsylvania. He was 23 years old. He was with the seven um, 741st Tank Battalion. And they also had a daughter. Her name was Deronda. Um, and what was really... Um, impactful and meaningful for me with this story is that they included letters that they had, that um, Frank and Polly had written to each other while he was away. Um, Their daughter um, had a suitcase full of letters, the letters that they exchanged with each other. And she opened that suitcase um, three years after her mother died um, when she died in 1990. Um, And I think it's, it's really interesting the letters um, they talk about <clears throat> talk, you know, bringing their daughter to see the mo- uh, movie for the first time, and he suggests taking her to um, one of the bigger theaters near their house so that she it's more exciting for her. Um, a place, one of the movie theaters that has candy, so she can experience that. Um, and then there's also a letter about um, that the that the wife Polly writes to him to Frank that says. Um, you know that it's Sunday night, and that's when she feels um, the lonely, the loneliest, and misses him the most. And that really resonated with me because um, that's kind of how I felt when my husband was deployed. You know, Sunday nights were always kind of hard.
0: Wow, it makes me really kind of tear up just because it's like <laughs> he's writing about his little girl, you know, and thinking about her and wanting her to have you know all the really awesome things in life like candy and big theater experiences and
1: (laughs) right and in the letter it actually says don't postpone her enjoyment till i come home um you know like he and and what's really hard too is that these letters are all like right before d-day so the letter about the movies was may 27th so that's kind of you know heartbreaking also to know how how soon it was before D day
0: yeah and and it's it's crazy cuz now that when i see pictures or videos from D day and i look at that like i don't see a man going into battle like i see a father you know or a, a son going in to preserve his family's life lee Hood, right. and and it's just it changes things so much just like yeah was that him or you know did he make it home like you know really does it really does change things so much is there another story you want to tell us
1: <clears throat> yes there's one more story um so this story is about william mcgowan um and this was written by um susan singleton um And this story um, really struck me too because there's one particular part of the story um, where, so this, his name was, um, he was 23 and he piloted a one man, it's called a P-47 Thunderbolt fighter bomber. Um, And what they did was they um, bombed tactical targets so he was um his mission was to strafe the train station at Lisson, France um, in support of the invasion. Um, and his plane was shot down. Um the plane crashed, and it um, burst into flames near a village. Um, and what struck me about the story was uh, something that was written in a news article actually that was attached to the story, which says several witnesses in the nearby village of Moon um, believe that um, Lieutenant McGowan tried to avoid any civilian casualties. Um, and they explained that later to Lieutenant McGowan's family. And another interesting thing about this, too, is in 2018, um, archaeological uh, archaeology students from a field school in Nova Scotia um, excavated the field where the plane went down, and they found um, Lieutenant McGowan's remains he was identified um, just last, on May 13th, 2019. And they were going to have um, an event last July um, to um, inter his remains at Normandy Cemetery, but because of COVID, they rescheduled it. So they're actually gonna do it. It's um, It says that it's scheduled for this July, so for next month. Um, so his remains will be interred at the cemetery and the plan also is to um present the purple heart that he earned um to the family that's planning on attending the ceremony.
0: That's a beautiful story to see that we're people are still doing things today to to hail and remember and honor you know 80 almost 80 years later, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just thought it speaks so much to the bravery, his bravery.
0: Yeah, I think it took a lot of bravery just to get in one of those planes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're right. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So, uh, just, I want to ask you, do you feel like doing this project has changed you personally at all?
1: Yes, I definitely do. I feel a sense, I feel a connection, especially with, um, the wives that were, um, you know, left behind as these men were were were, um, were fighting, and and the mothers that were left behind too. Um, you know, I, I think I just have so much respect for for their bravery and for and for the bravery of the people they left behind too. You know that they had to keep going and they had to carry on. And you know, every time I write a story, and even you know, all of the D-Day the DJ phone that I've been working with for the last six months, you know, I feel, I feel a connection with them, you know, like I feel because it's, it's in a, now that, you know, we know more about them and we know their stories, you know, I feel like, you know, it, it's very, it just feels special, you know, that we are able to shine a light kind of on their lives and to let other people know um, who they were. That's
0: beautiful. And inspiring, too, because I feel like, you know, uh, you know, sometimes we feel like America isn't as great as it once was. But I I feel like we just don't see that it is awesome. It's it's just that it doesn't get that media attention, you know, you know what I mean? Like that we are working as citizens to honor and respect and live up to and carry out freedom. And we are doing these things. Um, not to like pat ourselves on the back say we're awesome but like, you know it's it's like no America is still a place of hope a place that these men died for and it's worth it and it still is right no. yes
1: yes that that yes it it's worth it like what they did was worth it yeah totally
0: yeah I often think to myself why I'm like doing these podcasts and doing these things and like don't have time to do it all Right. (laughs) And I think to myself like, oh, why do I do this? Right. And then it's like, you know what? I get to stay up late and rock my little boy to sleep because of them. You know, like I have the privilege of being a mother and raising my children, not worrying about whether we'll have food on the table or worrying about what their lives will be in the future because of them. You know, so if I take a few hours of my crazy hectic day and do something for them, it's worth it. It's really worth it. I so told, yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: It's inspiring to see, you know, young mothers doing things like you are, stepping up and and serving the way you can. And uh so thanks so much for taking this time and with me and sharing these stories. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. We're so grateful you're here with us today. If you like this content, please consider subscribing. Please consider donating on storiesbehindthestars.org or even better yet volunteering to help write these stories we're so grateful for all of our many volunteers who are making this project happen and if you have a story you think needs to be on this podcast contact us at contact